parent to a competition dancer is a fun and sometimes stressful experience. Each week, we tackle a topic, share our wins and fails, tips and hacks to help you have a little more fun and a little less stress at your dancer's next competition. I'm Casey. And I'm Amira. Welcome to Two Dance Moms Podcast. It's that time of year, audition time. Maybe your dancer received a letter in their rec dance class, or maybe team competitive dancing is something you and your dancer have considered all year. Either way, the decision can be a big one and bring big changes for your dancer and your family. In this special summer episode of Two Dance Moms podcast, we want to get into the differences between recreational dance classes and that dance team life so you know a little bit more about what to expect when those team auditions come calling. I'm so glad that we are finally getting to record in the summertime. Yes. We've had a couple weeks off, but we've still been busy. Oh yeah, really dance busy. Yeah, just finished with recital. In the middle of spirit week. And gearing up for... Nationals. Nationals. We're doing our planning and our prepping. All of it. I've almost got the bag totally packed. I did my binder. I I was going to ask about your binder. Status on the binder. Binder's looking good. Uh, I just had to restock a bunch of makeup and hair products, believe it or not. Better now. We made it almost the whole way through. Better now than later because then when you get like set up for next year, you've already got. I have less to buy. I had to buy uh, hairspray. I ran out right before recital. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's bound to happen at some point during the season. So we are enjoying summer, but very busy with dance life and Mm -hmm. thought it was the perfect timing to squeeze a little summer episode in. And it's all about rec versus comp dance. Perfect timing. This is the time when your studio may have given you that invitation or you saw the team at recital and you're like, wow, this is something I want to put my kid in. But it's definitely when auditions are coming up. And for those of you that this might be a first time experience or consideration, we wanted to reach out to you and discuss what that looks like and why you may want to make the switch. Yes. Or not. Right. Got to weigh the options. Right. So recreational classes is where we're going to start. And we're just kind of going over that as if it's like, that's for your personal enjoyment. Yeah. You like to dance. And, um... You want to enjoy dance classes, your kid enjoys dance classes, and they just want to improve without the outside of competition or team. Right. You're they're aspects. just going in for classes, whether it be just hip hop or ballet. They're just coming in for individual classes that are enjoyable to them or of their choice. And I think recreational class sometimes gets um, it has a a vibe. People think it's like less less advanced. Right. But it's not. Not it necessarily, yeah. You know, it's all levels. You can, you know, take single classes or multiple classes at all the different levels. It's open to people of all ages. Studios will have everything from mommy and me, toddler mm-hmm. classes, yeah. all the way to adult classes. Full range. Yeah. Especially the bigger the studio, probably the more offerings in terms of even older age groups like adult and stuff. The style of classes is really broad as well. Everything from tap to fitness. Some studios have Pilates. Some studios have ballroom. Yeah. All sorts of things that you can find in a recreational dance class. And like I said before, everything from beginner to pre-professional. Yeah. High level dance classes for people that are looking to improve their skill. And it has nothing to do with a team. No. No. In fact, our daughters are in the advanced tap at their studios. And there is somebody in there that's not even on team and is an amazing 
tap dancers. Yeah. So just looking to improve their tap skills. Right. It's for enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. For enjoyment. Awesome. So recreational classes, that's who it's for. That's what it's about. Your child has likely already been taking those classes. Um, one of the perks of recreational classes is there's no minimum requirement. You can take as many or as, as little as you want. <laughs> right. There's definitely a lot more flexibility in the rec class world. And that helps like schedule wise, you can plan the, cl the rec classes that your dancer chooses to take can be planned around your life versus your life planned around your classes as we currently are doing. Yes. Yeah. Um, what about performing for rec classes? Performing? Are there opportunities for performing for rec? Well, yes. Definitely. Yeah. Recital. Uh, but it's not going to be as pushed as in competition. Right. competition and not as often. Yeah. yeah. So at our studio, we have a winter showcase and then we have an end of the season recital. Yeah. And that's it. But yeah. it's fun. So you get a couple opportunities to like kind of show off. You, you know, get stage time. Our adult tap class doesn't have any performance. <laughs> they really should. I'm going to push for it. I, we know the teacher. We'll put a word in. We will. <laughs> Um, I mentioned schedule, but there's just a lot less pressure too when you're doing solely recreational classes. If you have to miss, your family has a vacation, you have something, your life is not, like I said, it's not revolving around these classes and you can kind of just pick up and leave and you can make recreational classes work to your family's schedule. I love that. Yeah. All right. So that's a little bit about rec classes. Uh, the alternative the flip side of the coin is competition team. Yes. Tell us about that, Amanda. Competition team is, well, it's a more intense dance experience, we'll say, where um, skills and training are more focused, and you're dancing with a set team, just like any club, travel, um, soccer, baseball, basketball team, um, with the desire to win. And, you know, as you pointed out in previous episodes, winning can mean a lot of things. But. Yeah. Yeah. Winning, we definitely, as heading into nationals, the girls, we have all girls on our team. Um, so our girls are looking to score well. Yeah. And looking winning to, means they definitely want, <laughs> elite top triple first yeah, place. <laughs> they want to place well. They want to place high. Highest adjudication um, and overall. Yeah. But yeah. winning also looks like, hey, I nailed my turn. I, you know, landed that trick that's been, you know, a challenge or whatever it looks like. So, but, but it is competitive. Yeah. They are, they are competing against other people and they are trying to improve every single time and do really well. Right. Um, and it's a set group of kids. It's, it's not as flexible. So who, who is attending? Who is on the team? Well, there's definitely set ages, as you've mentioned. So, um, it can go from minis up to high school usually. So stopping at high school seniors, so up to 18. So anytime that you might hear us say our dances, my dances, oh, we yeah. are not speaking about ourselves. No. Um, <laughs> these are our dancers' dances. Although we've, we've aged we out must of have moved from time to time. We've aged out of the program. Um, you also have to audition to make the team. It yeah, is auditions not, is a big part of team life. It's yeah. not open to everybody it is a set group and that set group needs to be at a specific level so that they all compete together. Well, yeah, it's fair for the experience if they can't, can do it. You don't want somebody doing something that is not a good fit for them. Yeah. So auditions kind of weeds out. Just like that. on any other team though. I mean, yeah. it's the same for travel basketball or soccer. Yeah. The kids audition and they get put in the group that suits them best Yeah, based on their, uh, Kind of years that they've invested into it and their level right now but with this comes 
very different from recreational classes. A big difference is the requirements for classes and they're gonna differ by studio, but you're gonna have to fulfill, depending upon the age for team, there's certain required classes that have to be fulfilled to be on team. Yes. So we're speaking very specifically, if you've been a parent of a dancer who has danced recreational classes and now you are looking to join a competition team, be aware, your child will have specific classes that they are required to take. So your family's schedule will need to commit to getting your dancer there for these classes. Yes, yes. they are not optional. And that's that's across the board at every studio. Yeah. What oh, those yeah. requirements are will differ, but they will have a required minimum number of classes that they have to attend to be a part of the team. Just like attending, if you were in you know, a, a group sport, you have to attend your, your practice, weekly practices. Yeah. You don't start. Well, this one, you just can't be on the team if you're not there for required classes or you don't sign up for the required classes. Correct. So that's a time family commitment. Yes. Yes. So where before you had the flexibility in the rec class, that flexibility is not really there anymore. No. You have also not just those required technique classes. You also have weekly rehearsals your child will be put in different competition dances. Um, some studios as small as one competition dance and some studios I've heard of kids dancing in upward to 20. Yeah. You know, we, we tend to live in the, like we max out around eight at yeah. our studio. Um, so depending on how many, uh, your child is put in. And sometimes they're an hour. Um, our studios happens to be 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, I know another studio in the area, it's 20 minutes. So I, and that's weekly. Ours is so, an hour. We did an hour, hour and we alternated weeks this year. Well, some, some of them are half hours, I guess, if it's like a trio. Duos that's a good trios, point. Yeah. yeah. Duos and trios. But they'll have a set rehearsal time for these dances. Yeah. And, and it might change halfway through the year when and, they're more comfortable with but it. But that's going to be a part of your schedule. Yes. You will have a day where there is rehearsal time. And depending on how long that is, you need to account for that in your time budgeting. Yes, yes, that's important to know, walking into auditions. Yes. Um, Performance-wise, and therefore in this case for a competitive team travel-wise, there is a much larger commitment yeah. from a time, um, just schedule commitment. It's significantly larger. You also will do showcases and recitals. Um, in addition to rec classes, team typically does perform at recitals and showcases. But on top of that, there are usually a number of competitions. Yes. Hence the competition team. You yes. have competitions that you get to attend. <laughs> and they're usually not optional. In our case, there was a couple for solos that were optional along with conventions. But yep. they're required competitions you will have to attend. So maybe find out that information before you audition if that's going to be a big break or, you know, not do it. Um, option for you. Maybe make sure that it's something you can even do before you audition yeah. or you, your dancer audition. Sorry. <laughs> you want to know how many competitions are you signing up to attend and what is the window of time that they're going to happen in? Just right. like any sport, sports have seasons. So yeah. does dance and the dance season. We do different, we're kind of year round, but we do different things at different times in the seasons. Right. <laughs> so yes. the actual competition season tends to start more in the, um, I'd June, say in Feb. February into the spring. Yeah. So like, uh, you're going to have competitions, you're going to have conventions and possibly nationals. So there's a lot of opportunity to perform. And that's one of the perks, depending on if you have a child that is a performer, 
Yeah, they want to perform more. Yeah. My child is always like, I want more competitions. She loves going to a competition. When we're in the thick of it and then we don't have a competition weekend, she's sad. She's like, oh. Yeah, it's that high. They love performing. So there is a lot of opportunities if you have a child that likes to perform. Yes. Um, One thing I feel is big um, for my daughter being on uh, a competitive dance team is so that she can have the team experience, which I feel like with that has a lot of like life lessons um, learned. And we actually have a requirement in our um, in our home that you have to be in a sport. Both my husband and I did sports. I feel like there's so many lessons, discipline, organization, social skills that you gain from it. But my daughter is not a softball, soccer, basketball type of a girl we, we tried we we made her sort of explore some of that but she is just a performer and a dancer and she loves it so this gives us this satisfies that competitive sports um, experience for people that maybe don't want to do the typical basketball baseball yeah. softball things awesome so those are kind of the the juxtaposition of recreational classes versus a competition team now, what are some of the reasons that you might not want to join a team? Oh, well, I can't think of any. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't even imagine life not being on a team because we've been doing it now, going on like five years. So, But I would say time. Maybe you're not willing, able, whatever, to give up a big chunk of your time. Competitive dance team takes up a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. Time commitment for your family. Um, I would say the second biggest thing is going to be budget. Oh, yes. Competitive dance. You'll hear people say, this is very expensive. This is an expensive sport. And I remember thinking, goodness, like how, how could it be that expensive? Like I have two boys that have played club basketball. Like it can't be that expensive. Oh yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> I did not know. And actually we are going to be doing a budgeting episode coming in the very early part of season two. So look out for that. But I'm going to, I'm going to like drop a couple numbers here. And again, this depends a lot on where you live. It depends on your Your studio, studio. how many competitions your studio attends, because the more competitions you attend, the bigger this number is going to get. Also, the more dances your child is in, the bigger this number is going to get. As I said before, our kids max out around eight dances. Other studios dance up to 20. A kid can have 20 dances, which is so many. So the number varies by a lot but you're in control of that to some degree based on how much you allow your child to do or how much they've been asked to do on the team so these are just some some numbers but i don't know any studio i don't know anybody who's getting out of a whole season for under seven thousand dollars oh i think that's almost impossible yeah so Um, i just it's just a number that you gotta like you gotta understand like that's that's a minimum for the for the year and I think a mid-range would be around 14000 for the whole year, and a high range would be 20000 or more. Like, you can really spend limitless dollars on right. this. Right. There's no cap. <laughs> well, we're just trying to kind of gauge, right, a general financial commitment, and that, I would say, would be a good range. But if you guys are listeners well below, well above, I want to hear. I'm, I'm so curious. curious. Um, this is just kind of what we've gathered is uh, what you're going to be spending. Yes. As Amira and I have been preparing for the budget episode that is coming, uh, 
we dug into a lot of the different numbers. One of the things that doesn't change is that each competition pretty much charges the same wherever it is in the U.S. And it's a per dance charge. So yes. we're, like so, Casey said, if there's 20 dances, it's going to be significantly more than eight simply because you're being charged for each of the dance entries. Yes, and every competition you attend adds on again. So if your studio only attends three competitions, that's a big difference than if your studio is attending eight competitions. Yes. So that's where you're going to see these huge variations in the numbers. Yeah. There's a lot of factors. There's a lot of variables. But uh, budget is probably one of the things that will keep somebody from joining team. And if you don't know ahead of time, we're going to discuss all the ways that you can you know, try to make it fit your budget. But right. I think these are some numbers that you just have to kind of look at and be prepared for. And I think that it's fair to ask for like a general sense of what your financial commitment would be before you audition. Yeah. Because you don't want to get into something that you can't afford. Yeah. And, you know, halfway through the season have challenges. So yeah. I would I would ask up front. Reasons not to join a team. Another one. We've dealt with this, uh, not not with our kids, but I hear about it from other other kids. Is they have other sports that they're interested in? Yeah, they have other passions. Yeah, that would be a challenge. We don't have that. No, it is all in for dance with my dancer. Yeah, we're in the same boat. Uh, but there are some kids that do enjoy to participate in other sports, and we talked about it in our off season episode. Yeah, the off season is a good opportunity to kind of like play some other sports. Yeah, do it. Get some exercise in but when you're in the middle of the dance season and we talked about this you have required classes you have a required weekly um performance rehearsal you have weekends are busy like there's not really time for other sports and most high level competitive teams will say like this is your main thing yeah there's not really time for another sport no you have to maybe narrow to what your priority is and what's another reason that we wouldn't i would i would encourage people not to audition for team if it really isn't their child's passion because I feel like this is not a sport you can just kind of do for exercise. It is a family commitment. There's a lot of involvement. There's a lot that your dancer sacrifices to be at the comps and to be, you know, at her best or his best for performances. So I feel like if it's not your dancer's passion, then maybe don't do team and just do rec classes. Yeah. I know you you um, reached out to, we had... Two new families with youngins yes. on the team. Two, two mini moms. Some, I'm curious. I, I asked them both. I said, hey, what was the biggest surprise, the biggest negative surprise that you experienced this year? And as we said before, the number one was cost. They were not aware of you know how right. expensive expensive is. I would say 99% of the families <laughs> they would be very surprised about the cost when they join a team. Yes. A dance team. Yeah. Yeah. And the number two was time. And this was interesting because the way that they formatted time was um, it wasn't the time necessarily for their child because the child is younger and the requirements for their child are a little less because, um, because of the age. But she was saying that it was the parent involvement. Yeah, It's not just like when I would take my boys to basketball and drop them off mm-hmm. and then like, bye. And then, you know, wash, yeah, their, wash their jersey and take them on the weekend. With dance, the parent involvement, especially for a mini, and honestly, it, I don't want to say it never stops, but it is. It doesn't more, stop. It's more, yeah. it's more involved as a mini, but the it parent changes. has to be very participate, participatory, helping yes. with the makeup, 
bagging all the costumes, getting all the food ready, everything. It's just a lot. And that's, yes. I enjoy it. I love it. But, but you expect it. You I also do. expect it. So if you're going in not expecting to be needed and involved so much, you kind of want a heads up. You There is a lot of parent involvement in competitive dance. Yeah. Yes. So buckle up. Yes. Well, those are some reasons maybe not to join a team. But what about some reasons why do we love being on a competitive dance team? Why would we encourage other people to join a competitive dance team? Yes. We love the dance team. Uh, one of the reasons is because your child loves to perform. Yes. We said it before. You have a lot of performance opportunities, and some children are natural-born performers, and being on the stage, they come alive. Oh, they thrive from it. They love it. That would definitely be my child's experience. And number two, the I would team say, aspect. Yeah. that was one of your big points. Yeah, I think you just can't. It's invaluable. Their experience learning from olders, youngers, peers having to um, join together and overcome a challenge together or just get better at something or you know to share a piece of themselves it's just invaluable so I would say the team aspect is a huge plus for being on a competitive dance team and a special aspect of that more so than a soccer team or a basketball team the dance team has a variety of ages yes and some studios you'll get more engagement than at others but it's always going to be a variety of ages and you'll have mm -hmm. these opportunities to mentor little ones or to be mentored by the mm -hmm. older dancers. And that's really a special team aspect that you find at dance that you don't necessarily find at other sports because typically True. you're just with your age bracket. Same age group. Yeah. It's usually divided you, by year you or 14, grade. You know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a good point. Um, I kind of mentioned this with the pro being, you know, the team experience, but life lessons, I feel like there's so many life lessons, even in the five years on a team, my dancer has gained from being on a competitive dance team. Um, you know, positives, negatives, working through them. I just, it's been such an invaluable experience for us. I just can't imagine not having her on a team. Yeah, life lessons don't come easy. Like, we don't want to sugarcoat it. Life lessons, usually the best ones are the hard ones. Yeah. And, you know, we have some that have been jewels and others that have been challenges. But, you know, my kid has come out stronger. Yes. At the end of it. And yes. that's, that's like the beauty that you see in dance. Because you're not only competing, you're also performing. And you're stuck with all these friends all the time. All these sisters <laughs> and maybe brothers. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking... You know, you hear all the time the number one fear or phobia is like a fear of speaking, public speaking. And just the fact, yeah, they're not speaking, but the fact that they're on stage often in front of hundreds of people and dancing and sharing a piece yeah. of themselves. Like, Learning how to present themselves how, publicly. Yes. What, how like commanding is that? That's so cool that they're getting that. I think it's the groundwork for later presenting in meetings or in large groups and socially handling themselves. I think there's a lot to be said for that. Love it. Yeah. I think another reason that you want your kid to join a dance team um, is because their passion for dance like is so intense. They're ready for more and you see it. You kind of see it inside of them that they've filled the space. Yes, they're, in, they're ready for that next step. In the class and they're looking for more opportunities to continue to pour their passion out. Yeah. So if you see that in your kid, I think it's definitely audition, time. Audition, audition, audition. 
Um, I would say also the um, it the ability to fully commit and learn an activity to its fullest. If you see that desire in your child, then that is um, rec classes would be limiting, and a team would allow your child to really find an activity that they can commit to. If you feel like your family has that desire, your dancer has that desire, then this is really your opportunity to do it because rec classes will not offer that experience. Well, and there's there's this level of accountability yeah. in a team where you Commitment are you're required yeah. as a part of the team to follow through. And in a rec class, it's easy if you're just not feeling it that day, like the accountability isn't quite as yeah. intense. And so this does kind of pull you to that higher standard. Yes. I feel like like our motto for our family, and I feel like probably for all families that choose competitive dance is like, if you're going to do it, really do it to the fullest. Like don't sort of half, I won't say the word, half the experience for you. If you're going to commit to doing dance, do it to the best of your abilities. Be your best self in whatever it is you commit yourself to. So I think competitive dance team is your chance to do that. I love it. Yes. I checked in with the same mini dance moms okay, and asked them the same question, but in reverse. I said, what was the biggest positive surprise you had this mm -hmm. year as a first I year like dance it. mom? And the first answer I got was the influences and the mentorships from the older dancers. Yes. That was like the, the biggest plus that she experienced for her daughter. Her daughter is young and she just was not expecting that kind of community and getting all of that uh, for her daughter. And that, that really surprised her in such a positive way. And the number two uh, was from a different mom. And she said the maturity and growth that she saw in her mini with a sport, she'd never seen her commit. And she's like goal setting for herself, mm -hmm. you know, and trying to get, get new skills and like really working hard on her own. And she's just been impressing her daughter, just like kind of take ownership of her sport yeah and want to get better yeah i feel like we had the same experience in our first years on a dance team um just having those built-in role models was such a surprise and such a wonderful surprise at the same time yeah yeah so those are some of the reasons that we would say joining a team is a great option so if you also have decided joining a team is a great option and you're auditioning for your first time we want to talk to you about that and just give you a couple heads up as you are preparing your child to kind of send them into this new experience. It is. Yeah. You want to prep is, is key. Um, I think a good suggestion is to talk to other parents that are already on the team and they can give you some feedback because auditions are going to differ by studio, how they go about them, whether it's in a single day or over several days where you learn a combo and you have to return and redo that combo. So definitely ask around, ask what the audition experience is going to be like and what they, they're used to seeing. Yes. The more you know, the easier it is. We yes. always we always love to do some reconnaissance. Yes, recon. I would suggest, and I've told this to different people, uh, friends of ours with our specific team. Uh, if your child has gotten an invite, some studios will give you an invite um, during the, the season. Other studios don't. Uh, if your kid has gotten an invite and they're coming to audition, I would suggest not letting them audition if you are not interested in actually saying yes. A hundred percent. Because when your child finds out that they did make the team and then you're like, nah, we're not going to do it. 
like no, that's just a matter no of at that point that's yeah. just a matter of you not doing your prep work you need to know what is going on and be all in and ready to go if they get that opportunity that would be my recommendation um good advice i would say to look the part yes dress to impress like a job interview kind of yeah well and again we're teaching our kids life skills how to present themselves yeah that's it's, true life lesson it's not like it's not a vanity issue it's like they're going to take this skill into when they go into a job interview right hey. and it's a first impression yeah these auditions are a first impression so clean well-styled clothes they don't have to be the most expensive brands matching but just clean well-fitted your dancer needs to be able to move so i know a lot of the um, choreographers want to see their body movement so not super baggy um and hair in either a slick pony or a bun clean out of the face yep yeah highly recommend um oh a note though yes do tell maybe from experience <laughs> do not lose your number if there are multiple days in an audition. You are oftentimes go oftentimes your dancer will go home with a number. Make sure it's in a safe place. There might not be a backup number and maybe trying to combine both numbers when your dancer is being reviewed, especially if there's a lot auditioning would be very difficult. So bring extra extra safety pins in case it falls off, whatever gets lost and always bring your number back. Love it. Yes. Uh, my other encouragement, uh, particularly uh, for a younger dancer, is um, understanding the proper behavior for an audition. Uh, when you're in the audition, if they already have friends there that are like from their class, they might be prone to like, you know, giggle in the audition and chitter chatter and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we want them to be listening and really discussing like with your child, like, hey, this is like being in a classroom and you're with your teacher and you need to listen and you need to be attentive. And even as far as body language, mm -hmm. our studio preps the kids before we go to convention, how they want them to behave in front of the convention teachers, teachers and the master classes. And one of the things they always say is don't sit down. No. Because when you sit down, you're kind of like showing with your body, I'm too tired and I'm lazy. I'm checking out. I'm not engaged anymore. So yeah. not sitting down. And the other thing they like to remind the girls is, um, girls or boys, not to cross their arms over their chest, which is a natural pose, mm -hmm. sometimes just for rest. And they don't realize, hey, what is the signal you're giving with your hands crossed? You know, sometimes, it doesn't come across well. Right. Yeah. So giving them ideas for like, okay, when you're in there, you're going to be really careful to listen carefully, not chat with your friends. You can chat with them after. Maybe we'll all go to ice cream afterward. You save all that conversation yes. for later. <laughs> Keep it in. Yeah. And then discuss the different body postures that are appropriate when you're in a classroom or in an audition. We're going to stand attentively. We're going to maybe, you know, hold our hands you know, our arms at the side relaxed or hold our hands, but not cross our arms. Cross or, them. Yeah. I love that you said preparing your child, telling them these things, maybe what to do, not to do, but also emotionally preparing them. Yeah. Auditions can be a lot, especially a for lot. first time youngins or, or even older dancers. Our first year was definitely challenging because it's the first time she'd ever done it. But the second year was even more challenging for her because she had an expectation on herself that she was going to go in there and crush it. Yes. And it was hard. And she had, I think, messed up on something or whatever. Like, she didn't hit it the way she wanted to. 
And I remember we came home and she was like in tears and I was shocked. I was like, what is going on? Why are you upset? I even got, I got a, uh, a text from our director, like checking in and it was like, Hey, Anything I just want, okay? you, I want you to know she was really hard on herself, but she did really well. Like she was like, I don't know that I'm going to make the team. And yeah, I was like, it oh is my the, gosh. Maybe the more they know walking in. So this episode is not just for you newbies to teams. This is also maybe things you can do for your seasoned dancers coming into auditions. And it, it, it is different each year, I will say. Our experience was very much the same. I think the second third year I think it was the same year that my dancer had a tough audition as well and it probably is that their expectations are higher they're like I'm not a rookie anymore I should roll in and just blow it out of the water but they have higher standards for themselves and the auditions can differ depending on the age of your dancer so one year they might audition with a younger group and they might feel really confident right. and then the next year they might age up in a new mix and they're in with the older kids and the audition combo may become more challenging right and you know there's just there's some stuff as much as we want to like prepare our kids to be respectful and good listeners in this we also want to prepare them emotionally as amira had said because um you know we want them to do to do well but we also don't want them to be too hard on themselves mm. yeah you want them to take it seriously but not too seriously yes which is easier said than done i guess it is but just be aware that you know you know your child and you know their emotional kind of state and if they're somebody that takes things really hard or can put a lot of pressure on themselves you may need to give them a pep talk and just encourage them you know they're they're sometimes required to learn something pretty quick and then perform it uh, they may be able to take the piece home and work on it and then come the next day and perform it um, or they may have to do it there. Mm -hmm. And if they On have the to do it there and they've never done that before, just really try to give, tell your kid to give themselves a lot of grace. Mm -hmm. Hey, you've never done this before. And honestly, the studio probably knows they've never done it before too. And yeah. they know that. So just let them know, just do your best. Yeah. And that's all we're asking for. Yeah. Good advice. A big component I can speak to with having a much younger dancer coming into an audition, um, you know, maybe a mini, just a younger or even a less experienced dancer coming into an audition, I would say, you know, their skill levels might not be advanced. So there may be certain things that they're not able to do. I think what the coaches are looking for in that instance is they want to see personality. So where you may not be able to do a triple pirouette, your dancer may be able to give a big smile and do her best and, you know, manage a single or even just the attempt and then play it off and be able to hit other parts of the combo. I think that goes a long way. And I think that that's not, not something that should be overlooked in auditions. I think that your dancers should show their personality as much as possible. Yes. In these auditions. And showing that they're coachable. Coachable, focused. Um, but I will say that sometimes that showing your personality comes with feeling comfortable for people, not just kids. And so if there's little things you can do to maybe make your dancer more comfortable in an audition, I would encourage that. Sometimes it just means more exposure to the studio. If the classes have not stopped, maybe you can do a few drop-ins if it's a new studio, or um, maybe you can do some camps if there are camps prior to the audition. Anything, I think, to get more exposure for your dancer before they're just coming in blind and expected to be comfortable and show their personality and be able to hit it. I, I think that would be, it would go a long way if those are an option for you. Yeah, and even like checking in with, what they feel comfortable wearing. 
hey, you know, oh, let's, you know, what do you like to wear? What are you going to feel your best in so yeah. that you can kind of shine and be at peace in a yes. sense when you're in that moment? Well, I think I am ready for my audition. Yes, we're ready. <laughs> Next year. I have it on the calendar already. I'm just got to get through nationals and then we yes. have our auditions for our daughters. So it'll be fun. Yes. We wanted to add into this episode, for those of you especially who are new to having your child audition, and for those that are returning, it's always nice to have a little refresher. Yeah, a reminder. But we have a top of the topic for our special summer audition episode. This special summer episode, top of the topic, is a top five things to bring to your dancer's audition. Number one, extra safety pins. Oh, yes. Amira already covered it. (laughs) Your child will have an audition number more than likely, and that will need to be pinned to their clothes. And sometimes, often, we lose them. Yes, and they fall out. So bring bring some extra, extra pins. Number two, water and hydration and quick snacks. Yeah. It may be a long combo they're learning. It may be only an hour, maybe a couple hours. Make sure you've got options for drinks and maybe a quick snack if needed. Definitely. Love a good snack. Number three, all style of dancer's shoes. Oh yeah. You don't know what they're going to need. Yep. And you definitely don't want to be caught without your proper equipment. So making sure that the kid has, even if it doesn't say we need them to have sneakers, just pack them sneakers. Bring them. Definitely sneakers. Jazz shoes. Turners, ballet shoes, whatever. Just if you have a shoe, a dance shoe, throw it in their bag bag. and just make sure that they have it. Because if they were to come into a place where they need it, they've at least got it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Number four, a good attitude. Ooh. Yes. An openness to meeting people that may turn out to be their teammates in the next year. That's a a good first impression, not only on the coaches, but on your teammates. And in connection with that good attitude, a smile. Coaches want to see your personality. They want to see that you have fun dancing and that you're excited to be there. Yeah, so that's number five. Number five. So that's your top five things to bring to your dancer's audition. Thank you for listening to our surprise summer episode. We plan to have a few more and then jump into our season two of Two Dance Moms podcast. You want to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast following so that you know when these somewhat random episodes surface. So please follow us, like if you enjoyed, share with your friends. You can also follow us on Instagram at Two Dance Moms podcast and feel free to email us with questions, suggestions. We want to hear from you at twodancemoms at gmail.com.